an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you in part by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors, that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod. Or text Wondery Pod to 500-500. Welcome to the ID10T Podcast number 972. It's time for some sweet corkboard action. If you would like to get in on the sweet corkboard action, then send an email to events at ID10T.com. Events at ID10T.com. And uh, hopefully I'll be able to announce the thing that you're making. Like the first one is very personal. This is a friend of mine, Mr. Chris Sullivan, actor, comedy guy, drama guy also known as Taserface. And uh, he's on a little NBC drama called This Is Us, which is actually the hugest NBC drama, which is actually the hugest show on television uh, right now. But a super sweet guy. And uh, coming up, on, we're gonna, he's going to be on the podcast very soon. You will not regret listening to it, I promise. But um, he want to let you know that a friend of the podcast, Chris Sullivan, is doing a live recording of the new podcast, To Write Love on Her Arms, on Sunday, December 16th at the Bootleg Theater in Los Angeles. Doors are at 7 p.m., show is at 8 Tickets are 15 to $18. And uh, To Write Love on Her Arm is a nonprofit movement dedicated to presenting hope and finding help for people struggling with depression, addiction, self-injury, and suicide. Uh, to Write Love on Her Arms exists to encourage, in, uh, inform, inspire, and also to invest directly into treatment and recovery. Uh, Chris is going to be interviewed by founder Jamie Twarkowski. The podcast is for anyone who is struggling, anyone who feels like they can't talk about the difficult parts of being human, and anyone who starts wants to start the conversation about mental health, which is so, 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 so important. Um, to Write Love on Her Arms, uh, the Bootleg Theater, Sunday, December 16th, doors at 7 p.m., show at 8. Tickets start at $15. You can find the link for tickets in the events section at TWLOHA.com, to write love on her arms.com. Um, and, uh, and we'll see Chris on the podcast. We'll see Chris with our ears and our imaginations on the podcast very soon. Also, Tim writes, like many of you, I made a thing. I launched a card game called Rock Paper Monsters. This has been a passion project of mine for the last four years. I'm thrilled to share it with the world. As of this summer, I finally had a printed version available for purchase. The game has been shipped around the world, being enjoyed by gamers of all ages. If you love cute monsters, quick to quick two-player games, rock, paper, scissors, this is the game for you. You can see the fun for yourself at rockpapermonsters.com. Also, for every five copies of the game that are ordered between now and Christmas, I will donate one copy of the game to the C.S. Mott Children's Hospital in Ann Arbor, Michigan to give to the brave kids that are receiving treatment there. Uh, so embrace your inner monsters. Check out rockpapermonsters.com to get yours today. And finally, Kelly writes, my event is that I just, uh, that I love my friend's fabulous book. His name is Bart Scott. His book is Cats of the Castle, book one. 
I already love it. Quest for the Key, and it's a fun story about magic and the famous cats that take care of Disneyland after hours. Now I quadruply love it. Any Disney fan uh, loves it, knows about the cats that roam free at Disneyland at night. You can find it on Amazon or his website, um, earsofsteel.com, where you can check out his other awesome books as well. So a lot of good stuff on the corkboard today. Events at id10t.com. This episode is Jamie Alexander who is a dear friend of mine, one of my favorite people, an inspiringly cool human being, um, who, of course, you may know. Uh, obviously, she was in the Thor series as Lady Sif. She's on uh, Blind Spot as Jane Doe. And uh, she's just she, I, she's just one of my favorite people. And uh, I was in New York a couple weeks back, and so we did the podcast there. So I strongly recommend that you support anything that she's in and anything that she does and uh, I just, I just think she's, she's the coolest. So here is the ID10T podcast number nine seventy two, with a fabulous and wonderful Jamie Alexander. Initiating ID10T protocol. Look at all these beautiful instruments. I almost got trapped in the bathroom. That's okay. People do get trapped in bathrooms. <laughs> but that's why I'm here. I could have broken you out. You could have been. I could have. This is when you need an action star in your life. Absolutely. Is that everyone Everyone needs to have a Jamie Alexander in their life. I agree. Uh, you know, my, my wife is actually pretty action-y. She was training with machetes for a while. and she, Wait, you told me that. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, That's she was. Hard. But then she and she's recovering now cuz she got hurt in a stunt on her show. Oh no. She got punched square in the face in a fight scene. I've had that. Yeah. Did it break? It broke her nose Same. and yeah. broke fractured her skull and gave her a concussion. What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is she okay? She's okay. She's better. Like she's better, but she That'll it, it, mess you up for It a rattled while. her for yeah. a while. Like she was she's just 6 weeks later just starting to feel normal again, right. but it was... Uh, I've had a concussion and a nose break, not at the same time, luckily, but in the same year, and it, it takes you a few months. Like, you'll feel a little off, like... I don't know if she rides motorcycles or anything, but just don't... I would recommend not doing that. No. Because <laughs> your reflexes are slower. I remember one Bless time. her heart. I oh, know, I know. That it, sucks. I know. It was... She was... Uh, and the, the, the girl who punched her in the scene is one of the most physically fit. It's like one of the last people you'd ever want to accidentally get right. punched by. But they were in a fight scene. It was her last day of shooting. And I and there was a crash pad down. And her character has a mask on half her face, so one of her eyes is covered. Uh, and so oh, she said no. to the stunt crew, like, hey, just um, move the crash pad because I can't see it, but right. I know how low the ground is, so I'll, I, it's just easy for me to fall that way because I'm falling on my, my, blind, my blind spot. Uh-huh. Um, and she... Um, <laughs> Uh, and in the middle of the fight scene, they, they did it three times flawlessly. And on the fourth time, I guess they forgot to pull the crash pad. So in the middle of the fight, off <sighs> off stage, one of the stunt dudes goes, oh, shit, the mat. And she, like, t- it, ca- it just pulled her out of the scene for a sec. And then just wham. And the girl just hit her right in the face. 
and the the mask caught most of the shock and she worked for five more hours after that but but basically flew home like holding her nose in place because it it hurt so bad oh man that is awful i can't imagine flying i they made me stay um i wasn't allowed to fly right after for like a few days but i yeah i definitely got my bell rung that was I can't. Oh, I have such sympathy for. Her. But you're a fighter too, though. So you might like a part. Do, do you have the same thing that he that she has, which is like, well, it sucks, but it's also kind of a badge of honor that I got injured in a in, an, in a stunt because that's kind of like, you know, actors. Right. It's not like when you're a performer. It's not like your life is on the line right. all that often. So it's sort of, right. I think it allowed, it kind of made her feel like she got to mix shit up a little bit. Right. Right. No, I think. Uh, I mean, I think on my my show, it's like. Pfft. I, if if I don't get injured, something's wrong. It's like we just did way too much. How is she? She's not human. Uh, no, but I like when I broke my nose. Um, it was a it was a super freak accident because the girl was really far from me, and I I don't know how this happened. Um, and I was a sword's length away from her because we were doing a sword fight, and it just she just cracked my nose, and I bled, and then I was like went to the hospital in an evening gown because I was undercover on my show, and then. Came back to work after I had the CT scan because I've had a concussion, so I have to get one every time I have a head injury. And um, went back to work and did this the sword fight, but I don't take any kind of pain meds or anything. So when they gave me the Advil and Tylenol, they said, your face is going to swell. It can block your air passage. You know, you should you should take this. And, All right. By the time I got back to work, I had no facial expression. I was doing the sword fight like it was the easiest thing. I, I mean, it's so bad the way the fight scenes cut together. Like part of it, I'm emotional and like really into it. And the other part, I could care less. And I'm just swinging a sword. I, I can't believe they let me come back and do that. I was like, oh, no. Yeah, but you're particularly resilient. <laughs> I like guess I've, so. <laughs> I've, I've, seen, I've seen more than one Instagram of you like in a hospital bed. I know. Where you're like, well, I had to come in for another thing. And then and then, the, and then like like a week later, you're on a plane somewhere. Oh, like in a another country or you know going down to texas or whatever yes i know i know it's crazy existence but you said you but you were raised you you said you were kind of didn't didn't you weren't you raised around like a lot of brothers and there was like a like a rough and tumble like when you were when you were growing up it was kind of rough and tumble so you sort of you're sort of you, you you're you're built for what you do in a way i guess so yeah i was i was slowly shaped into who i am now but aren't we all but i i definitely it definitely helped being raised with a bunch of boys and then trying to keep up with them and wanting to play all their sports and that kind of thing and um of course then my wrestling background and all that stuff it just sort of snowballed into uh what i do now god so wrestling is like you i didn't know you were were you on the wrestling team mm-hmm Shit. <laughs> so just is the point to pin someone's shoulders down for a certain count or what's the uh, basically I mean I was on the female team that I was on um we we only went two rounds it was typical for the boys teams to go three rounds um but I would pin everybody in the first round because of my weight class I was very tall for my weight so mm-hmm. I would always sprawl and do the half which means I would basically <laughs> kind of grab like I don't know how to explain that without visually showing everybody but um I would I would basically sprawl my legs out so nobody could grab my legs because their arms weren't long enough because I was it. so much taller and then I would roll them onto their back and then press them down by having like basically my arm around their head and part of their arm and then <laughs> I would you know and then we would go to a count and then they would either tap out or go to the count and then uh I would pen them or the, I don't think anybody ever got out of my half ever um, but, but I did wrestle a girl that was as tall as I was 
and it threw me for a loop. I had to go two rounds. I eventually pinned her, but it was very difficult because all my little moves I always did, she was big enough to and, and tall enough to grab my ankles and to do all this other stuff. So I was like, oh, man, I can't just, like, wing it, you know? Um, I had to really try, and it was really hard. So when people see you and stuff, some, some there's some people out there like, yep, that that's the girl that pinned me. Yeah, but then I got pinned. I also got my butt kicked a few times. Uh, there was a girl named Erica. I'll never forget. She went to Sam Houston High School, and um, I believe that's what it was called. And we were doing a term- tournament up at my high school. She was cutting her hair off in the bathroom with a razor blade because sure. she wanted – because why wouldn't you? Yeah. She wanted to make weight. And I was thinking, well, they're not as strict on our weight classes as women, you know, at that time. This was a long time ago. And um, so I thought, like, I don't know. She can't be that much over what weight she's she is and, or what she wants to be or whatever. And lo and behold, she fit into my weight class. And she it just kind of rattled me seeing her in the bathroom do that. And she was had a very scary energy. And I got on the mat, and she pinned me so fast. And that was just, I psyched think myself out. It was the mental yeah, game. It absolutely. Was the mental yeah. yeah. So, okay. I was so like, th- she's got a razor blade in the bathroom in a high school bathroom chopping her own hair off. I was like, that's a whole load of crazy. <laughs> I was like, nope. And that might have just been for the show, too. Who knows? Maybe, Maybe show, but it worked. But... I was like, okay, pin me. Just go away, please, Eric. Yeah, that's so interesting because it, it, it's, I mean, obviously there are things like, you know, you know, in the weight class and the size mm-hmm. and everything. But what did you learn about the mental game of that? Because th- those are valuable life lessons. Yes, yes. I, I think you just have to know – you can't psych yourself out. When you worry about something, you just have to sort of give it up to a higher power, whatever that is for you. And uh, and I didn't do that. You know, I let this person scare me without even knowing her, without properly introducing myself, without even – I just knew what her name was and what school she was from because it was on the roster. Right. But – you know, I, inst- I I wasn't able to say, oh, this is another girl just like me who's doing this sport that's very hard and she's trying to do her best. You know, I, I didn't put it into context like that. Instead, I just looked at the razor blade and her chopping her hair <laughs> off and allowed myself to get psyched out. And, and perhaps that's what she wanted. But um, she pinned me so fast. And, and I afterwards, I felt so weird because I was like, did I even try? Did I really try to win or did I... Was I just afraid of her? I like used all my energy being afraid of something I I maybe didn't need to be so afraid of. But don't you feel like you learn more from your losses than oh, yes. your wins? Of Absolutely. course. Absolutely. So what a valuable lesson that was. Yes. Even yes. though it sucked in the moment. Yes. So that way when I go into meetings now, I just you know picture everybody as someone's child who was young once who needed help going to the bathroom. <laughs> you know, it's like we were all babies once. And so it just makes, it makes, uh, in my mind, it makes us all very equal and all very human. And, and, um, and, and I, I don't let people in, uh, overpower me in, in that sense anymore by psyching myself out because they may not even be trying to do that. I'm doing it to myself. Let's be honest. Most people in the entertainment business, you could 100% cover <laughs> right. the ground. These well. are, it's not, especially like executives and stuff. I mean, most of these people are not, you know, they're not spending a lot of time at the gym. I'm just saying right. you could take – it reminds me of the story that you told – when you did the AMC show that I did mm-hmm. about when you were auditioning for SIF and then a knife fell out of your bag. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so when a knife falls out of someone's bag, I, I mean, it's like, that's, you know. But mind you, it was a knife and a tampon, so I'm very balanced. <laughs> it was not just a knife. My entire contents of my purse just all over the floor. Um, and to make matters worse, it was a supersized tampon. So, Perfect. Yep, that's where we're at. And, so when it's, uh, but then you just yeah. own it and you just go, guess which one goes where? Right, exactly. And I'm and, like, uh, listen, everything about me is fucking heavy, all right? Um, <laughs> too much, too much. 
delete, delete, delete. Ah, ah, that's fantastic. That should listen. Oh, if that's not, no. if that's not your Twitter bio. <laughs> everything about me. Oh god, that's how I roll. All right. <laughs> That's how I roll. Oh, I don't even know how to. I can't delete or backtrack from that. So moving forward, it's perfect. No, you know what? You know what happens? Usually, after something like that, you just fucking spike the microphone and you just walk out. You're like, yeah, right. that's right. But I think right. that's you know that we we build up. You know, especially those of us who have very active internal monologues, we build up this version of the world that isn't mm-hmm. necessarily the world or right. the same shared the same reality that other people are experiencing or other right. people are building up their own stormy world so mm-hmm. i don't know i think it's just good to remember that sometimes it, it is you know it is and and to know that i think the most dangerous thing about a person is their own mind yes um it can really hurt you and and it can give you false information and i think uh lately i've been really uh, looking into and reading books about being present and, uh, you know, living in the moment. And I know that's so cliche to to most of you, but um, it's really helped me because the more present I am, the more I experience everything as it is, not as I'm creating it in my brain. Right. Um, because that's when you get into second guessing yourself and other people and like say if uh, if a loved one hasn't responded to a text that you sent, um, like for instance, my mother, my brother, somebody like that, you immediately can think, oh, something must be wrong. When right. really they might be getting their hair done, or they're with their daughter or at the park, and they don't right. have their phone. You know, we we always make up the worst case scenario. I think that's just kind of how the human mind works, so that we prepare ourselves for for the worst case scenario, which rarely happens. Which rarely happens, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it is an overactive, defensive, protective measure. Which, you know, it's sort of like, yes, brain, I appreciate what you're trying right. to do, but not helpful. Not you know? helpful. Not no. not helpful. Or or it's it's not. It, even in the case of like a friend or mm-hmm. if you're dating someone or if there's someone that you really respect that you just reach out to on a limb and they don't respond. You're like, oh, oh, it's because they hate me. Right. Because I saw, you're like, no, they no. probably are doing their own thing. Yeah. That has nothing to do with you. They could be stuck in a bathroom. They could be stuck in a bathroom. In a bathroom. Trying to unbolt the door. Right. And if they had just responded to your text, you would have shown up and kicked the door down. I That is m- most likely true. Yes. But I do think that... Uh, we have to un- we have to deprogram ourselves from this kind of thought, and a lot mm-hmm. of that is like living in the present is just getting out of your own head and just yeah. being in the being in the world. Yeah, the yeah, world. it's actually so much more simple than we think. If you take every moment as it is, uh, then you're not really worrying because right. you haven't got there. I mean, you you don't know if you're going to be alive tomorrow. We none of us know, or later today, or any of that stuff. So and and it's it's wild and crazy, but it really does help to just try and stay present. And one way to I think do that is um, you can check in with yourself physically. You can rub your your hands together. Um, you can t- like put your hand on your knee and, and massage your kneecap. Like anything that brings you into. Um, the current moment instead of letting your mind run rampant with things that are probably not true and that are very harmful to yes. your soul. Another another way to uh, – something I do every once in a while is if I'm feeling that that way is I'll just look around the room and just start making sure that I'm, I'm out loud describing so I see like, mm. okay, so those two slats of wood are very dark and that is this color and this is this and I'm noticing this curtain. And it right. just it pulls you out of your own head and forces you to be – in a moment. Did you That's read, so nice. Did you read The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck? No. Great book. Really I'll check fun. it out. Okay. Snarky but fun. Oh, I think I was I was I think I saw that about a week ago at this bookstore 
in New Jersey, but I'm not 1,000% sure. That's fine. But it sounds so familiar. It's not. It it's caught not, my eye. The way the title might suggest, like, you don't have uh, to give a fuck about anything. It's not really about that. Right. But there's an interesting part in it about um, fault versus responsibility. Uh-huh. That fault is, a, fault is a past tense thing and responsibility is a present tense thing. Like, you can, things cannot be your fault but still your responsibility. Mm. And responsibility mm-hmm. is what you can control in the present and how you react to things and what you... Or even if something was your fault in the past, it's like, well, what are you going to do now? Are you going right. to focus on... Like whoever yeah. did that thing, or you're going to focus on how to turn it into something that you can use and how you can, uh, you know, move, moving forward or at least in the present moment. So it's mm-hmm. maybe it's a book that you might you might enjoy. I would I would totally enjoy it. I think another great thing I was taught was to rather than react, respond, mm-hmm. which I thought was really interesting because even just those two words are so different. Yes. Respond just sounds like you took a moment, you took a breath, and then this is your response. React seems very impulsive, very quick. Not, you know, I don't, well, I guess I could say not thought out, but meaning thought through the heart, not through the yeah. mind. Well, yeah. And but. it's basically just like, it's just half your brain working. It's yeah. just the response. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it's just the, the, the reaction as opposed to, okay, this is the reaction. How am I going to craft this into a mm-hmm. thing? Like, is this, I feel like when we're reacting, we're not saying, is what I'm about to say or do going to get me closer to the thing that I want which hopefully is to understand the situation right. and not to just, you know, level someone with words or make right. someone feel bad or destroy, you know. Yeah. But it's it's just it's easy it's easy to do that and especially now there's just so much to react to mm-hmm. that we really have to take we have to take breaks. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes you really just have to just sit in a fucking park. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I concur. <laughs> and look at a tree. <laughs> and look at a tree. Absolutely. What do you? What? What other? What other types of things do you do when you when you start to feel like anxious or? Oh gosh, yeah. I'm actually I'm practicing all of that now because I realize I'm I have quite a bit of anxiety about uh, quite a bit of things, like quite a few things. Um, I you know I started making a list of things that I could do that would help me work through anxiety rather than taking a, a medicine or something like that to calm it. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, again, like sit and try to be present, uh, bring myself back into like my physical body. Cause I find that to be the easiest way to calm down, whether that's meditate or, um, geez, even washing my hands mm-hmm. or washing dishes. I, I'm sure people have said this before, but it's kind of it relaxes me. Yeah. It's just like a, a very um, easy thing, a repetitive thing that you do. Um, with sometimes any, with that a result. Helps. With a result, which yeah. is positive that yeah. you cleaned your house like you should. Um, and I, when I'm on airplanes, I used to be afraid of flying. I have no fear of flying anymore. Um, I use peppermint oil on the airplane occasionally. Um, I'll breathe that in and it helps me relax. But I, I just have to sit with myself and and I check in with myself and say, wow, okay, my heart is beating really fast. Why am I so nervous? What's Where is this coming from? And if you find the intention behind the action, uh, it really helps because, you know, I have to say, oh, I, okay, so I'm nervous because I'm meeting with so-and-so and I've never met them and I'm a huge fan of theirs and what if I say something dumb? I don't know. That's right. a very easy peasy thing. Um or rather, we'll take it back. Like if I'm on an airplane in the past, I would I would get really nervous um, about every little noise on the plane, uh, every bump on the plane, um, j- just about everything. I would always think this is it. I'm going to die every time I flew. I mean, it, it's insane. Um, 
but that's what my that's where my mind went. So I had to think about it, and I have to say, you know, I, I check in with myself and recall the last time I flew. And and sometimes it's easy it's easier to recall past experiences and say, oh, you know, when I was just on the runway right before we took off, it was a lot bumpier on the runway, and we were on the ground, and the plane was fine. Yeah. So if it's going to be bumpy up here, you know, that's part of flying. So how can I? How can I help myself? Well, let's do some breathing. Um, sometimes uh, I've read that tapping helps. So I'll tap my my index finger to my thumb, then my middle finger to my thumb, my ring finger to my thumb, my pinky to my thumb. And I'll do an eight count of tapping, uh, which helps. But again, that's bringing the presence back into the physical right, body. Right, right, that right. takes you away from your mind. And then all of a sudden, you're, the, the flight's fine. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, because... You know, when you think about just like your mind and body being inextricably linked, mm. if if you have stressful thoughts and your heart beats faster, it works the other way, too. If sometimes if you can stop and just focus on slowing your heart rate down, it mm. actually alleviates the anxiety because your, your, your heart is not pumping adrenaline through your body at, you know. At, yeah. a, at, a, at an incredible clip. Yes. So that that actually kind of is the other way in to sort of help that stuff. Because I used to, I used to hate flying too. Mm-hmm. And now it doesn't, you know, it doesn't bother me at all. And yeah. I never thought that I would be able to. I used to drink so much on planes mm-hmm. when I when I still drank. And when I quit drinking, I was like, "How am I ever gonna fly again?" Right. This was the thing. Right. And then at a certain point, I realized. Well, I'm a comedian. If I can't figure out how to fly, <laughs> I can't have a career. So I just, every time, it got a little bit better and a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But I did stop to acknowledge, oh, it was better this time. Oh, right. I'm doing this. This yeah. is making me stronger. And then eventually, it became like a very, then I was like, oh, now I'm actually comfortable on planes. Right. But it does, I think I think our culture wants quick like fix me immediately right. Right. forever. Like right. no, these you know these things take a little bit of work. You they know? do, they do. Um, I too used to drink quite heavily and on about every occasion, um, but especially on airplanes. And I don't do that anymore. Um, and that's something that I actually found I'm better without drinking. Like yeah. when I'm on an airplane, I'm I'm really not that nervous anymore. And it used to I think the alcohol used to over amplify everything. Sure. So overly amplify joy, but also over amplify anxiety right. and that sort of thing. And and I think another good thing is just to connect to people around you. You know, there's um there's often on airplanes there's usually a flight attendant that's quite friendly and if you start engaging and, and asking them about how they're doing and things like that, you start to become you know, you start to take the focus off yourself, put it on someone else for, you know, the betterment of everyone. <laughs> um, and, uh, and and a lot of times, like, I just flew to Switzerland, and, and I had the sweetest lady named Heidi, naturally. Um, I couldn't believe that was her name. Blonde, beautiful Heidi. I was like, okay, this is, this is awesome. Um, but she was like, I've been flying for 28 years. She's like, I love it. And her joy of, of being on that airplane, doing what she really loved and getting to go on adventures just made my experience so lovely. Yeah. And that's such a great point, though, because so much of anxiety and neurosis and everything, it is in your own. It is mm-hmm. you're in it in your own head. And if you get, if you're able to step outside that and be and, and be present with someone else. Then you're not focused on yourself anymore, it's, right? It, and and that's that's how it should be anyway. But we have to constantly remind ourselves, right? Of this. It's right, a never, right. it's a never-ending process, and I and I don't mind that. It's a never-ending yeah. process the way like, well, yeah, you you know, you go to the gym regularly, right. you do this, then mm-hmm. also you should check in with your mental health regularly yes. the same way because it just you know like and yeah, and you can't just be lazy with it, but it's worth it to do it. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think anxiety and and all those things they all come from fear of the unknown or lack of understanding. So if you can 
take that in the next time you feel anxious about something, say, okay, do I fully understand what is going on and where this anxiety is coming from? And then also, is it because I've never done X, Y, or Z before? Mm -hmm. Or is it because the last time I did it, this person reacted terribly and, and that sort of thing. And once you kind of talk it out and you can actually go into a room by yourself and just say it out loud. And once it's out, it really does feel so much better. Yeah. Cause then you're like, Oh, I just worked. I just worked through that. Okay, that that's all right, and it and it really does alleviate a lot of a lot of the nervousness and anxiety that you might be feeling. I think it's nice too, and I think it's nice that you talk about it because you know there are people who probably see you in movies and they mm-hmm. see you on your show or whatever. They're like well, that girl probably don't got no problem, you know? right? And so <laughs> you know, and so it just reminds people that everyone's human. Oh yes, and that there's there's strength in kind of you know like. Owning your stuff and and working through it, like everyone's got everyone's got stuff, mm-hmm. uh, and that which is that it's kind of nice that we're not unique in that way. That right. everyone, you know, we're basically just a community of mostly neurotic animals, and so it's just it's just kind of nice. Remember, like, oh yeah, everyone kind of has something that they go through, and we just kind of get through it, and that's humanity. And you know, yes, yeah, yes, absolutely. How was Switzerland? Oh, it was so nice. It's so beautiful there. I was visiting my boyfriend over there. He was shooting a film. And uh, I luckily had a a strange amount of days off from my job, which I usually never get. Um, But luckily, I I am currently playing a villain and a good guy at the same time, Mm -hmm. playing two different characters. So because of that, I was allowed these four days off that were attached to a weekend. So I was like, this is amazing. I went over there, um, ate my weight in chocolate and cheese. Good job. And somehow didn't gain any weight, so I was like, score. Um, <laughs> but it was it was so beautiful. I mean, the people there are so lovely, and, and just the way they look after their animals and livestock, all that stuff. It was just a, a really peaceful place to be, and, and um, I was so bummed when I had to leave because I wanted more time there. But it was really great experience. That's so funny, the combination of chocolate and cheese. Because yeah. the chocolate gets into your system and says – Hey, we got to get out of here. And right. then the cheese says, not Slow so fast. Down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Slow down. You're not going anywhere. It's a balance. It's a balance, really. Were you in Montreux? Did you go to Montreux? No, I went to um, Tremelon, which is like a very small town outside of, like about an hour outside of Bern. Okay. But I flew into Zurich. So I, there was like about a two hour drive to get to Tremelon. So I got to see, you know, a bit of, of uh, I guess, the bit of scenery. Um, but Tremelon was beautiful. Um, Oh man, but there's there's so many other places in Switzerland I would love to go. You know, I, I definitely people were naming some of the more famous uh, spots to go to, and I was like, I didn't go to any of those, so I I need to go back and and really and really visit, um, you know, the glaciers and all that stuff. How? But you're. I would imagine your shooting schedule is pretty intense. It's crazy. <laughs> it's beyond crazy. <laughs> Not to mention, let's just say, like, I, I would say. Just the makeup application to your body in itself <laughs> is almost a full-time job by right. itself. Right. Um, luckily, our show, I, I think they figured this out. They were like, you know, because it does get cold in New York, they're like, we're going to make the show take place over fall, winter, and part of spring. So I'm usually pretty covered up because we're outside and it's snowing or whatever. So that worked to my advantage because we don't have to put on as many tattoos as we did in the first season. Uh, but yeah, it takes it takes a long time to put those on. But um, now it takes maybe like fifteen minutes to put the hands and the neck tats on, and oh, that's wow. that's basically all you see m- like most of the time. Okay. But when when we do show more, it does take quite a bit longer. But um, yeah, we we average about like um, right now for me, I'll average about fifteen to sixteen hours a day because of makeup and hair and then shooting. Uh, but we try not to push our crew past like twelve or thirteen hours because it's dangerous, you know. So when uh. 
when the sh- someday in the future when the show's done, I imagine you're just going to get the permanent tattoos done, right? Because no. you, you don't because it is such a special. <laughs> no, I still can't decide. I, you know, I know a great I, I know a great tattoo artist mm-hmm. named Doctor Wu. Oh yeah, he's yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. And for years, it's like one of these days I'm going to come in and get something, and I don't have any, and I cannot decide what it is. Well, you could get my name or my face or just like an ode to me. Yeah, just of write your own. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. That can be your first tattoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm fine with that, really. Easily explainable to the wife. Totally. Listen, I'm just a big fan of Blind Spot. And, and this is what happens. This is this is this is what happens. I've been trying to figure out uh there's um there's a great there's a great stoic saying which is amor fati, which basically just means like to to love fate. In other words, like oh, you yeah. accept, it's like you appreciate whatever happens, no matter what happens. Uh-huh. But there's not really a symbol for it. Mm. So I'm trying to I'm trying to come up with one because I love the messaging, but I just don't want to write letters on my body. So. <laughs> That's like all I have on my body. <laughs> I have about twelve real tattoos. Actually, that well, I do have a giant scarab on my hip. Um, and that is the only, I guess, non-text that I have. But right next to it, I have a quote. Is it so a I have, colourful scarab or is it like It's a, all black. All of my tattoos are black. Cool. Uh, well, I'm sorry. Mine as Jamie, not as Jane Doe. Right. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but I do – I'm a huge fan of neck tattoos. But, I, you know, that's, that's the one that I don't mind wearing on the show because it suits me. But that's what they did was once I signed on to do the show, I met with the artist and they sort of formed these tattoos – in a way that would suit my physical appearance. Got it. Really nicely. So it was it was quite nice like um of them to do something like that. Uh because I have an ostrich neck. I have a very long neck. So they were like, "We're going to put a gigantic bird on your neck because you have the space." <laughs> and I said, "All right." Respectfully, okay. there's yes. room there for a bird. Yes. In fact, we could put a few other things. I said, "Simmer down. A Just, bird is fine." A, one bird's good. <laughs> one bird's good. What was the scarab beetle about? Well, I always liked the symbol of the scarab because uh well they've been around forever yes. but they symbolize wisdom and and starting over and and things like that and i just mine has its wings out so i thought that was really nice it's kind of i guess my way of you know putting a phoenix on my body in a sense but um i've just always liked it and i i go i have a great tattoo artist out here in new york named josh lord he's uh fantastic um not only is he a great person um, you know, he loves dogs and he's an incredible artist. So I was like, we get along just, just fine, just peachy. Um, but back when I was trying a different tattoo application, they, there was, uh, a plant called Juniper that I believe is from South America. I, I might be wrong on that, but it's basically a black henna. Mm-hmm. So we were like, well, this might save us time in the makeup chair. So he, the way I met him was he came to our set and freehand drew the the bird on my neck with this basically what looked like puff paint. Oh, wow. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, you, you let it sit for, I can't even remember now, maybe like 20 minutes, and then you wipe it off and it's, it stains your skin. So we did that for a while, um, but it was, it was hard, you know, because I'd have to go on, uh, to the tattoo shop on a Sunday, and, and right. there were just sometimes there, there wasn't enough time to do that. Um, but that's how we, we met, and uh, he's, just, he's just so gifted. He's so talented, and we both kind of came up with this scarab idea, and I said, you know, I... I was thinking of something more abstract with the scarab, but he does such realistic portraits that I was like, you know, why don't you come up with a design 
and let's like partner on this piece. And he gave it to me as a, my birthday present. Oh, that's nice. A couple years ago. So it's, it's one of my favorite tattoos I have. Yeah. God, I just can't. I just <laughs> can't. Would you like one of my temporary tattoos yes, to try it out? I have a bird tattoo, <laughs> yeah. just a temporary bird tattoo. I just don't fucking know. Like, yeah, it's because I would, I would want it to mean something, mm-hmm. but then it just has to be something visually that I would want to look at every day. Right. And I also have to not have that moment where I go, oh my God, what did I just do? I just did something I can't undo. And I have to get around that anxiety. Well, that's the funny thing. You could undo it if you choose black ink because you're pale like I am. Yeah. It, I actually had a giant uh, double-sided Pisces fish on my arm. And this really? is all that's left. It's like a very, very small little blotch that's left because <clears throat> it just needs to start. It keep getting removed. I the know, whole thing was black. I know, but my ex-girlfriend Janet it does hurt, though. had a, just a black, <laughs> just like just like a ring, just a black ring, uh-huh. a band around her arm that she got when she was like 20, 21. Uh-huh. And then she went in to get the laser removal and they were like, yeah, this will probably take like, uh, you know, like six treatments. Well, year like several years and mm. you know it takes a while 25 treatments later right and and i would go in with her and janet was uh if janet was in pain she would laugh really hard oh that's nice the, i scream shock 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 <laughs> and she'd be like <laughs> and i'd be like oh that must really hurt it's excruciating and so watching Aww. that i was like you know no i don't, I don't know do if i ever want to because you're it's the pop of the shock yeah, is, is is equally upsetting. It's very painful, and it and you can smell your flesh burning. So and anyone like, oh, who okay. owns like a laser tattoo removal place is like, shut up, up Chris. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I um, I was going to a, a place in L.A. to get it removed, and I realized now I, I'm out here uh, in New York, so I go to um, a really a really lovely dermatologist, and it's lifting a lot faster. So I don't know if his laser's stronger or whatever it is, but um. But yeah, the fade on the, on the tattoo that I I'm currently getting removed was just so bad that I you know I was like there's no way to fix this other than making it jet black and it would just it it's not what I wanted and and uh, so that was unfortunate but yeah the removal process is not fun um, but you know it works but you could get what if you and Lydia get like just get a line across your arms so that when you put your arms next to each other, the line connects. Aww, that's easy. It's just a line. That's really sweet. Yeah, it's that's a line. Really it's like, sweet. Or you could get her EKG and get her heartbeat. You know, my friend... That's my, my, awesome. My friend Will did that with his wife, Anne. Uh-huh. And that's that's really cool. But then he also has like a giant octopus on his arm. Oh, well, But, okay. uh, <laughs> you know, Dr. Wu is really good at... at he's good at realism and geometry. Mm-hmm. So he does these like realistic portraits of things like within some type of spirograph geometric structure right and i'm way into that but i just can't figure out like what's the structure and what's the thing it was almost a doctor who thing i almost had a doctor who thing there's a the doctor has this thing called the chameleon arch and it's basically a pocket watch that he can imprint his personality in Uh so that he can go into hiding so he doesn't remember who he is Uh and it's it's in um uh and it's just this really cool design on the watch but it, but you know, I, I don't know. Do I want to, have to explain that every time? What's that? It's a chameleon arch. It's from Doctor Who, and by that time, they're already walking away. I would say if they don't know what it is, then just Fuck them. walk away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Do you know what this is? No, don't worry about it. Yeah. But I just, I just can't. Just decide. tell them it's a birthmark. <laughs> it's a birthmark that'll stump them long enough for you to walk away quicker. Yeah, my mom gave birth to me in a tight garage. <laughs> 
And uh, <laughs> well, so, this, this is what happened. Hey, come Ugh. on. Hey, so what? So what's the next tattoo? Do you already know what the next one is? Oh gosh, I want to get. Um, yes, the answer is yes. Okay. Um, I, I'm working with Josh on. A portrait of, do you know Aslan from of Chronicles course. of Narnia? Yes. Yeah, if you don't know who Aslan is, then you know what? I don't know. Then, I might have to leave. I mean, um, maybe I read all the C.S. Lewis novels. Yes. Uh, my favorite has not been favorite. a movie that I'm aware of. What is it? The Magician's Nephew. Oh, the the prequel. The, Which is the yeah. first like, yeah. where he discovers the pools and everything. I don't think it has either. I, I, I try to stay away from... Like, I, I like to read the books before I watch the movie, so I, I didn't even... Gosh, I didn't even watch. Oh, you know what? That's a lie. I did. I watched The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. The movie. Okay. Yeah. So you're going to get uh, But Aslan? I haven't seen the other ones. But yeah, I want to get Aslan um, desperately. Uh, and uh, so that's that's going to be my next thing, which is, it's interesting because the only, again, the only non-text I have on my body is a scarab. So I, now I think I'm just sort of graduating into more portraity type of stuff. Do you want the full lion or just his face or what? Do you... I, that's why I'm not sure. I, I told Josh to, we would make a design of, of just the face and then also maybe putting the full lion. So Aslan's so face depends. over your own face would be and then incredible. The the, and then the lion's body, like the back of the lion on your back and then the tummy of the lion on your tummy. It could be cool. Yeah. And then he could maybe tattoo some abs on me, which would be <laughs> amazing. Lion abs? Lion Do abs. lions have abs? Aslan does, I'm sure. Sick abs, lion. Sick everything. abs, Aslan. He has everything. He has everything. Thanks, bro. I'm Aslan. Thanks, bro. What do you want, bro? What yeah. do you want? Yeah, I don't know. I just, maybe one of these days I'll do it, but then I also feel like, I mean... I think about my age, and I'm like, is this where I'm really going to get my first tattoo at this age? Heck yeah! In my fucking 40s, am I going to fucking get a tattoo? Do it, just, it! I don't know. Do it. I didn't do it, you know, when I was young, I thought about it for a half a second and then never did it. Now mm. I just, I feel like the ship has sailed. I well, like I feel like if, if people are worried about, like, okay, if, if you don't really know if you want a tattoo, don't get one, firstly. Um, that'd probably be my advice. But... Also, you can get the little temporary transfers. Like, I know where to get them. Uh, but I'm pretty sure you can get them for a quarter at most drugstores. Right, um, right, But right. you can put it on your wherever, whatever area of your wrist or wherever you want your tattoo. And then just sit with it for like a day or two and, and see if it really bothers you that you have something there. Because it's it's different. You know, if you don't have any tattoos, it's it's... Weird, and they say you know once you get one, you want to get more and more and more because and you, you like that, it. That's true, obviously. Yeah, but I've always I've always liked tattoos. My uh, older brother does tattoo art, and okay. um, he's covered. And uh, a lot of people, I think, a lot of people I I know are just covered in tattoos. I started realizing I was like, I have a lot of tatted friends, and like seriously, like where they have more tattoos than flesh showing, like oh, that's, than their skin tone showing. Yeah. So it's I was I was like oh, I just always you know I've always liked it, but mine are in very strategic spots where a lot of people if i'm standing straight with like my arms by my sides cannot see any of my tattoos oh wow yeah i don't know why i did that it was an accident but just everywhere i like was all the inside of the arm on both sides and then my rib cage and then my lower hip so and has it ever been a problem with that with work with acting so i mean obviously um, not with blind spot but right with, but with uh, no stuff. it seems like most of the characters i play i mean obviously as lady sif we i didn't have as many back then and we were able to cover them with some of the armor and then also i wore these arm wrap things in the first movie that made it really easy to cover and um usually it's pretty easy people will cover them they don't mind so much uh but a lot of characters i play um would have tattoos. So they either add to it or they just leave them in, in whatever project I'm doing. What are you excited about right now? What is making you mm. joyful in the world? 
Oh, gosh. Um, the first thing that could pop into my mind just for myself personally is just the Besides work. this podcast. Yeah, besides the uh, yeah, yeah. God, I don't know. That's tough. I mean, to how do you really hmm. after? I mean, it's, hmm. you know, it's, it's kind of hard. Really Where, how far can you go from up? Is I, I don't right? Know. I yeah, I don't know. I it's this is it's not as exciting as the podcast, <laughs> but um, I I don't know. I guess I'm 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 loving life. You know, I'm I'm lucky to have a, a good job and to you know know really lovely people like yourself and have good friends and um, and also just to be I think for the first time in my life at 34, really trying to take care of myself in mm-hmm. the best way I can and. Therefore, being more apt to be able to take care of other people that need help—that's uh, been—that's been really great. Um, and uh, and just learning that stuff, you know, I'm I'm kind of figuring out exactly who I am and what I want and all that stuff. And that may sound cliche and uh, and stuff, but it, it really is um, it really is a huge gift. And then just the shift of consciousness in the world right now, especially in the United States at the moment, um, of just people really opening their eyes and wanting to be more well-informed about what's going on and wanting to make the world a better place. And that's also been very inspiring. You know, there just seems to be an awakening going on everywhere, which is, is really, it's really amazing to witness. Now those are, th- th- those are all great big ticket items, but it's no podcast. It's no podcast. It's no, no, podcast. no. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's good to be socially conscious, <laughs> and all that, but it's not a podcast. It's not a podcast. But I mean, like what, what sort of little things like, Little mm. pleasures in life, little even if it's just like eh, I like a fucking raisin. You know what I mean? Right. Like, what I hate raisins, Chris. <laughs> I like literally raisins, olives, and canned green beans. I those are my three most disgusting things in the world. I just uh, uh, uh. So, <laughs> so I was gonna get a raisin tattoo. <laughs> no. no, no, not so much. Grape, fine. Raisin, no. <laughs> You're dead to me. <laughs> You're dead to me, Chris. <laughs> You're a grape gone bad. You're an evil grape. You <laughs> shitty little raisin. Yeah, well, so it's not raisins. It's not raisins. Well, what is it? What is it? What's a, what's a little thing that, uh, uh, little that you extract joy from? Oh, gosh. Um, okay, uh, like, meaning, like, today, just walking here with my headphones and just watching people. Like, there's just, like, little simple things I really, really love. Um, also, really love pizza. That's also another little thing that I'm obsessed with. Um, Where, where's the pizza place? It doesn't matter. Okay, good. It does not matter. It's like, if it sucks, <laughs> then I get a little, like, oh, man, but I still eat it. Yeah. Yeah, I never let a slice go away uh, without it. Yeah. the worst. Yeah, it's the worst, but I, it's, I gotta keep going. I yeah, gotta yeah, keep you gotta going. gotta keep going. Um, I guess one of my favorite people that is coming into my head right now is Ashley Johnson uh-huh. on my show. She plays Patterson. She's just I know, so... Ashley. She's hilarious. Yeah, she is hilarious and lovely and just such a bright light. And I, I absolutely adore her. And I just... I really love every day that I get to go to work and she's there. It's just so nice. Um, she's lovely. And... What other things? Like, give me, give me, like a, you know, like, give me a idea, like food or food or a video game or a show or like mm. a, a book or a or a, a dog or a, a dog. I love dogs. Do you have dogs? No, and I used to volunteer uh, an animal rescue, and I haven't been able to since I've been on Blind Spot because I have no free time. But um, I basically play with everybody's dogs at work. Every single cast member has a pet. Ennis Esmer has a cat. Uh, it's a it's a girl named. Norbert? Okay. No, it starts with an N. Oh, he's going to kill me. Um, it's a man's name for a woman. I don't know. It's great. Anyways, he has a cat, though. But everybody has a pet. And I'm like, man, it's really... 
I really, really, really want to get a dog. Um, but it's hard when you, have a, when you have a shitty, when you have a 16-hour schedule hard, yeah. you can't take care of it. Right. I mean, and our set is super dog-friendly, so it's really great. Uh, I could bring the dog there. Uh, my co-star, Sullivan Stapleton, just got a, a little Frenchy puppy and uh, named Frankie. Uh, his name is Franklin D. Pupplesworth. Uh, he <laughs> named him. But he's on our set every day. Like, we literally have him with hair and makeup behind the monitors. He just snoozes in the corner. They play with him. And I'm like, okay, so this is like free child care. So I need to... Need to get on this and, and get a dog. Um, let's see what else. Uh, other things. Um, Do you have time to watch anything? I well. So this is crazy. <laughs> you guys are gonna think I'm crazy if you didn't already. Um, I this past weekend. So I love my one of my. I'd say probably my favorite movie in the world is Spartacus mm-hmm. with Kirk Douglas. Um, he's just phenomenal. I thought the movie was amazing. So. That was, I believe, was made in the 60s. In the 70s, there was a, I I guess it was a made-for-TV miniseries, but it was six and a half hours long, Jesus of Nazareth. Uh Don't know if you've ever seen it, but it is so well done, and the acting is so amazing, and the message is so great, uh, because I find a lot of those movies are, I feel like they're laced with some other meaning underneath that brainwashes you into wanting to, like, slit your own wrist, so I don't watch that (laughs) stuff all the time. But that one in particular, I believe, hits hits um, the truth pretty well, and I and I loved it. I was like, wow! I just you know I had to split it into two days. It was right. so long, but yeah. you know, like Anne Bancroft's in it, and there's just so many so many great actors in it, um, and it was just so so good. And so that's what I've watched recently. But I'll find l- little treasures like that on Amazon or Netflix or whatever it is. And but then if somebody's like, have you seen Game of Thrones? I'm like, nope. <laughs> you know, I'm like not in with the in crowd. I was like, I do not. No, I have not. It's about Vikings, right? I have no idea. No, yeah, um, it's, well, it's terrible. It's, it's, it's terrible. It's, I'm, I'm it's terrible. Hard, I mean, it's hard it's, to keep up. It's hard to keep that's up. That's the thing. Everything. I can't keep up with half of these. It has to be like eight episodes just released on Netflix that I can somehow get into a very short weekend, like half a Saturday and part of Sunday. Right. Because I go to bed at about 730 p.m. on Sundays because I have to be up so early on Mondays. So, um so yeah, I, I I need to I guess broaden my <laughs> horizons a little bit. Um, yeah, because people are like, you live in New York, do you go to shows? Do you? And I said no, but tonight I, I'm going to play. Don't even know what it is. Uh, it's but that's kind of yeah. fun. You'll be surprised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's but that's that's part of that's that's part of the fun thing about just like just kind of moving with life. Yes, you're just you're, you're going going you don't with know the what flow. it is right and and it, and because. A lot of times, if you did know what it was, you'd have the ability to judge it before you went. Right. And you might go, oh, I don't know if I want to see that kind of thing. Or right. But then you're just going to go and be completely surprised by whatever it is. This is very true. And I'm not really a theater person. I never grew up doing plays. I never uh, w- went to school for acting or anything. So no, it's, you were shoving people's face into a mat. I, I'm, yes, I was. I'm not going to deny <laughs> that. Uh, but yes, I was in some sort lives. of performing art. It just happened to bruise and... You know, it wasn't performing. There was lots of blood, Chris. Um, but yes, I, I just yeah. So I, I'm not really into musicals or anything. So I've started to try to go and see, you know, because I live in New York City. Um, I'm trying to go and see plays and things. And I, I saw Angels in America, which I thought was incredible. Um, and then I saw um, uh, Iceman Cometh with Denzel Washington uh, and David Morse, who was actually on Blind Spot. So I went to see him in that. Former Walking Dead's David Morse. Boom. Boom. Let me just pick that name up. He's great. He is great. He is a big dude. I had no idea how big of a man he was until he showed up on set and I was like, oh my he's God. A, he's a tall drink of water, he that is David Morris. Really nice guy. Really sweet. Um, 
And so, yeah, so I've been trying to sort of open up my, I guess, the culture in my life, as as you could say, just by reading different books. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad you're feeling so good and just embra- embracing that. And it's sort of it's crazy because you can't, you know, when you're on the sort of the dark side of the mm. personality stuff and you can't really see a way out and then you get out and you see what it's like on the other side. You go, oh, my God, I can't right. believe. Yeah. <sighs> How did I not know? How did I not know this whole time? Yes. Just, and then that makes you more aware so that the next time you find yourself in a dark place, you know, you've, you're you very aware that it, you can get out of it. Um, and so that's really hard. But I, I actually have to just thank my sobriety for that because that, um, man, I tell you what, uh, getting sober definitely puts things in perspective and you learn a lot and it's it's intense, but it's worth it, um, and it's it's a good place now. It's a good. That's place. good. Yes, you got a twinkle in your eye. Thanks. It's, it's just it's just really it's might just... be the coffee I'm drinking, <laughs> <laughs> but you know I'll take it. I can't really drink a lot of. I, I've been off caffeine for a long time. Yeah, I, I remember. Yeah, because yeah. it just makes me so shaky. But I would love to be able to have a cup of coffee and feel that like. I'm part of the I'm part of the world. I feel a little like it. it coffee to me is like Hulk juice. Is it? Yeah, it, I turn into the Hulk. Like I could bench press this this recording studio. I I always get decaf, and <laughs> and a lot of places in New York you get weird looks. Oh, totally because right. Because it's either it's either oh do you have decaf and it's either no, or <laughs> it's. I mean, we'd have to brew it. You have it's to almost, make it. Yeah, it's almost like. It's 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 a soft no. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I mean, can you? Well, try can you just brew it anyway? Caffeine? All right, it'll just be a few minutes. Because there's almost a like, well, what's the point? Right. Or like, I but don't know. It smells good and you know, tastes good. I like the good. ritual of it. Yeah. I just can't handle. I just can't yeah. handle the the liquid adrenaline pumping through my right. veins. That's and I usually don't have caffeine this late in the day, but I'm like I said, going, going to, to a play. play that I'm not sure what it is. You have to and stay up past seven thirty tonight. I know. I'm worried. I'm worried. Um, <laughs> I'm an old lady. In the third row. It's a good yes. play. I just work There's, weird hours. Why were you drooling? I'm not sure. I, I don't, don't know. I don't know. Things you are know, happening. I do everything very heavy. I go heavy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this just, is never gonna leave. I'll just put a tampon in my mouth. This is I, listen. I got them in my backpack <laughs> along with my one of my knives. Yes, maybe two of my knives. Um, oh lord. Um, you know, but it's so. Yeah, that's it, my personality right there. I'm like, oh, I have a nice little tampon, and then also a huge knife. That you know, that could be your next tattoo is a tampon <laughs> crossed with a hunting knife. This is true, and the, like the string could just wrap around. My arm. <laughs> yes, like a serpent. <laughs> Why do you have a snake on your arm? Bulge you. It's not, it's a, not snake. a snake. Yeah. Not a snake. It's a cotton mouth. Yeah. Hey, guys, come on. Well played. I'm yeah. kind of bummed I didn't come up with that yeah. one. <laughs> this caffeine is not working. Drink oh, faster. I'm trying. Faster. We have to always have to think like with, ta- with tattoos, like, do I want a comedy tattoo? But, you know, there's a there's an expiration date on jokes. So if it's a comedy <laughs> right. thing, then like... Then I'm gonna have to live with it. And, you know, this is true. Funny for a minute, and then you're like, "Why did I?" Yeah, I don't even know what I. I, I was just thinking, like, what would be? You almost need something that's so obvious that it's funny because it's so. I mean, the only. I mean, you could get the word "tattoo" tatted on your arm. It would have to be but something in, like that, but, but in like another language. But it like I would even I would just do bold letters in English <laughs> so that it's like, what's that? What do you think it is? It's a tattoo. It tattoo. Read it. It says it tattoo. Says tattoo. Yeah. Well, I have a oh, friend. My, or my, just oops. Or just, <laughs> just tattoo oops on yourself. Whoops. Whoopsie. Damn it. Or or yeah. uh, or just like, or just in really bad script, like self-tattoo. <laughs> yeah. It just looks really shitty. I don't know, but that's, but that's really, 
where you become more of an of an, of an art piece than right. than the tattoo itself. Like mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to be part of the joke, but I but maybe I do. Yeah. I just don't know. I don't know what I'm going to want to look at. Just get a question mark. Just right get a there. question mark tattooed. You were like, do you like the Riddler? Sure. Yeah, sure, I like the fucking Riddler. Yeah. Yes. I also like interrogative statements, and so I got a question mark <laughs> on my arm. But I, but again, it's just. Am I going to want to look at that in 10 years? Right, right. That's Well, that's the thing. It's it's all, um, you know, it's it's all a risk, but, you know, you'll never know unless you try it. Why there's did that. I do this? I hate this. What a mistake. Or there's that outcome, which could also happen, and you can just wear long sleeves. Maybe I'll get the old uh, singled out logo on my arm. Are you that old enough to remember that show? I remember it. You do? Oh, yeah. 34, you might. Mu- oh, yeah, I guess you Oh, Wow, you would have, mm, yeah, I guess you would have been barely, like, almost a yeah. teenager. Yes. Oh, yeah, so you were kind of in the right, because yeah. MTV for you would have been, like, the aspirational age. That was like, what I would turn on if my mom wasn't home. Got it. Right? Got it. Otherwise, got it. it was, like, home improvement. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> That's <really funny. laughs> or, like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of some other, like, family matters. Some you know, like those, those, yeah, very wholesome. What wholesome show would a, right. would a Texas mom want her kids to see? Exactly. Not... Although by today's by by today's standard, single that was pretty tame. Right, right, right. By then, but then, but those yeah. stand by those days, it was very risque. Right. Uh, but today would be uh, laughable. They'd be like, oh, oh that's I read all you got. They're redoing it. Are they really? I read somewhere that they're redoing it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Good. That's I mean, going to be interesting. It could be. It could be interesting. Or it could just really suck. It. Could, but who knows? It's like. But we proved to it get a tattoo work. or to not get a tattoo. Yeah. You just don't know. Yeah. This. I can't figure out if it'd be funny to get a singled out logo mm. or sad. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's how. But I mean, just you'd maybe, have to explain. Like, no, I did this because it's dumb on purpose. So like, right? Don't, don't do things because they're dumb on purpose. Yeah. Then they'll just be dumb. Because then they'll just be dumb. It's okay just to appreciate things for what they are. Mm-hmm. I don't, uh, so you said you and Josh were coming up with the next tattoo. Did you yes. say what it was? Aslan. Oh, it's Aslan. Yes. Yeah, That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah, And then is there one after that? Is there like, is there one that you go someday? Oh gosh. I'm going to get this thing. I mean, I am constantly inspired by everything around me. So, I mean, I'm, it's a shock that I'm not like Lydia, the tattooed lady, you know, like <laughs> from the Marx brothers, like I, I should have them all over my face and my body and everywhere. Um, so I don't know. I mean, the sky's the limit with that because I just decided I'm going to live my life how I'd like to live my life and do the things that make me happy. And hopefully I can also have a career at the same time. You know, I know it's probably not ideal to get like some giant neck tattoo if you're an actress because it it is hard to cover. Um, but that's what scarves are for. That's right. You know, you can just be the scarf. Good old snood. Just pull that over and just be a scarf lady. Yeah. The thing is my hair, I, I tried to grow it out a little bit over the summer, and I was like, oh, cool. So I'm at that age where my hair just does not look good long because there's not as much of it left. What? So it's weird. It's so weird. What are weird. you talking about? It's like I have, I, have, I have a good amount of hair. It's just I when I, I had to put extensions in for the show, and uh, bef- before you're seeing me now, I had longer hair. And I was like, I don't look as good with long hair. I was like, I think I'm a short-haired girl. I remember when you first cut your hair off. Oh, I cut it, like, shorter than yours. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, like, yeah. It was shaved like, on the side. I was like, yeah. no. And it looked fucking cool. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, it was so easy for me because I'd just roll out of bed and I was like, cool, it looks worse than it did yesterday in the best way possible, so I don't have to do anything. It's like, it was so easy. I think that might be that I'm lazy. That might be part of it. I was like, with those extensions, I was like, ugh. Like, I just, it took like forever to dry and then I had to like curl it or something. I don't even own any curling irons or anything. Um 
So, yeah, I think I'm going to just, I'm going to keep it short. You got to, just for fun, you should just put a lot of curlers on your hair. I feel like that was a thing that we saw like in the 70s and the oh, 80s. Oh, for sure. And and the little I don't pink like ones. I, I, that's not, that doesn't seem to be like a thing anywhere. Remember like, my mom used to have these like little spongy curlers. Yep, my mother did that to And me. she would just oh, yeah. wear them for a while in the morning. Mm-hmm. And but now I doesn't seem to be a thing anymore. I should get some of those because I bet that would look kind of cool with my haircut because it would look it would probably make it look really French because it'd be like super curly. Oh right 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 right. Do, do these people know that we're talking about? We're talking about how to better the, the, your mental health. We're talking about how to do your hair. That's right. We're talking about what tattoos to get and and what not to get. I mean, like the sky's the limit. We should be taking calls. There's <laughs> we should be answering people's life questions. I did see I did see a great. T- tattoo online once but i'm not bold enough to do it but it was um a guy had a tattoo of popeye on his stomach (laughs) and his penis was popeye's penis too that's nice and it because popeye's proportions are squat like his oh no it totally worked (laughs) it totally made sense and i was like that is a that is fucking commitment that is some serious commitment that is yeah i you know changing gears um i thought i kind of look like olive oil you do you think do you think uh, yeah yeah really yeah let me see if I could see it you'd have to have the uh... the little bun but I'm like I'm tall and and a little not gangly but kind of you have you a Halloween mm-hmm. costume no I thought I, well I didn't I was I was working <clears throat> your 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 job is a Halloween costume yeah my job my job is <laughs> yeah basically circus performer slash Halloween outfit. Yeah, I didn't get to do anything. Did you do anything? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I see that? Did I see you guys do something? No. Wait. What did you? Lydia guys was working. Okay. Lydia actually had to work on Halloween, but um, but yeah, you know, yeah, just gave out candy, full size candy bars. Boom. Yeah, and an assortment, and I fucking I put them in. I was like, I'm gonna put all the 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 sour candies in here, and these are all the chocolate ones, and these are the nutty ones, and these are the these are the ones that don't have any peanuts or nuts in them. Right, so they're safe for everybody. And, and yeah, and so it was an assortment, and I let the kids pick whichever one they wanted, and uh, and it was a fun experiment because I got to see like what moved first. Number one candy, Sour Patch Kids. People went really? fucking bananas over Sour Patch Kids. I So I was on that show, Kyle XY, way yep. back in the day. Yep. And our characters, for some reason, they wrote in that we loved Sour Patch Kids. So we got a ton of free Sour Patch Kids all the time. And it was it was interesting in the digestive tract. Lydia I loved it. loves sour candies. They're like, so good. I'll just... she just... We have a candy bar in our house. <sighs> like a... Like a, like a different yeah and uh she's the only person i've ever been with where i just would find candy next to her toothbrush it was like where did these <laughs> these two things are natural enemies in the wild right? each other. but she'll she'll just eat like those ribbons oh of yeah, sour, yeah, yeah of just like sour it's just like a fucking conveyor belt does she like like warheads and stuff do you remember those i remember warheads. those are aggressive yeah Ugh. she i've never seen her eat a warhead i don't but to me those sour the sour ones like the sugary sour ones just all I can see are mouth sores when I look at them. Yeah, it's that's why like... it's making my mouth kind of tingle and water. At this, like, I'm getting too much saliva. Like, ugh. Let's talk about savory things. Okay. Uh, turkey legs uh, at the Renaissance Fair. It's hot. Turkey it's legs. sweaty. There's chili. Uh, yeah, there's chili. Yeah. Questionable meat inside, yeah, yeah. but that's don't all right. Think don't, don't think about what it is. Don't think about what's in it. Don't Just don't question it on the way in or the way out. Oh. Just live it. Just <laughs> It'll probably be a quick experience anyway. <laughs> Very quick. Very quick. You'll lose most of the contents of your body. 
But it's totally worth it. It's oh totally worth it. Do you ever go to the Renaissance? Are you a Renaissance? No, purpose? well, Ashley and I pitched that we should have an episode of Blind Spot where I'm jousting. You know, my character would be jousting and she would be, I forget what we said she would be, but we were like, because every October there's a Renaissance fair and, and I, I don't think it's that far from the city, but it's upstate. And I was like, can we please go film something where we're undercover and we have to go to this Renaissance fair and my character can joust and of course win. Duh. Yeah. Um, but we kept trying to pitch this for years. We've been trying to pitch this, and they're just—they're like no. And they're, but I'm like, but why? Okay. You know what? Next, wah, wah. next contract renegotiation. Yeah. There's got to be a agent put, It's like she's not. What is she asking for? A lot more money. Weirdly, no. no she, she just, just wants, wants to, to joust. joust. <laughs> no, just give her more money. We're not going to a fucking Renaissance fair. <laughs> and you know the worst part of it—it it would probably be a double jousting anyway, because there would be a helmet yeah, on. Exactly. I know. I know. You should go, but there's one—the one in LA is the one in not LA, but the one in Southern California is in in May, I believe, mm-hmm. and it's for like a month. Yeah, I think Ashley Ashley's been to that. Before. It's really fun. I really I love stuff like that. Oh, axe throwing and archery. All of and- it. Yep. All of it. I, you know what's weird? Um, I don't know why this just popped into my head. I think because I was thinking about a, a, like a female jousting, but why they need to make a show, and I'll do it. Um, they need to make a show with like a female Dexter. Okay. Wouldn't that be twisted and weird? Like just a lady serial killer. Basically. But like, but yeah. Is it yes. one? I don't think so. But also, I don't get out much, so I'm not sure. Well, I don't... they did. So. You remember? Um, I'm trying to think if there's remember some... American Psycho, the right. the Christian Bale. Yeah, there was a sequel with Mila right. Kunis. Yes. So, but like a series, like a like a very dark, twisted series, but with a female as the serial killer, because you don't when you read the news, like anytime you hear about a serial killer or or somebody who murdered somebody, it's usually a dude. Yeah. Um, which is straight, which is whatever. That's just what we we hear um, in the media and stuff. But I'm like, there's got to be. I mean, I just think it's such an interesting concept. We need because to have serial killer gender equality. We need to do this. Yes. La- ladies can kill people serially they absolutely, too. Absolutely, they can. It's not just a creepy white dude, twenty-five to no. fifty uh, thing. Slightly yeah. handsome, uh, yeah. The qu- qu- quiet neighbor. Yeah. Yes. Let's mix it up a little bit. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Let's get a woman in the kill room. Yes. <laughs> doing the killing. Yes. You would be... I don't know why this is coming out of my mouth right now. Well, number one, you have an extensive knife collection. <laughs> right, but I'm, I don't want to cut people are up. You just, or do I? <laughs> or do you? Or are you trying to confess <laughs> crimes I do. that you've yeah. already committed? Yeah. They say to hide the truth in plain sight. I mean, the truth of the matter is, if you turned out to be a serial killer... That'd be amazing. <laughs> they might blame you. They'd be like, Chris, you knew this whole time. I did it. No. <laughs> what? Yeah. Never. No way. And then you no. could be like, your defense could be like, are there any women serial killers? What yeah, are you talking t- about? Duh. Hardwick is in the right age range. Right. <laughs> it was Black <but> white guy. <laughs> fu- how, me- how much more bread of a breadcrumb trail do you need? Hello. And oh, my God. I think that would be you're so You're a lot cooler cool. than I am, so they would just yes. go, Jamie's right. Uh, and then know. off I would go to jail. And then you would be able to continue murdering. This is true. This as, is true. As much as possible. Oh, my gosh. I find that all that stuff so crazy. When I watch, like, you know, um, any documents or doc- documentaries on serial killers, I'm like, how can, how can, first of all, how can somebody hurt somebody like that? But also, like, how can you do that more than once then? Like, how do you keep doing that? But I guess I don't know because I'm not one. Thankfully. Thankfully. But it just it just completely gets me. I'm like, how 
does somebody do that? It's so weird. Like I we guess have, it's a compulsion. Right. We have this episode we're filming right now in Blindspot where there's uh, somebody who's a serial killer. And it's, and just reading the script. And then I had to film a scene naturally with said person. And just the things, the props that we had in there, I was like, oh, God, this is making me so uncomfortable. And then I was just like, oh, I don't even want to think about the reality of this. It's so no, weird. No, but that's, but that's why you probably want to do it because it kind of gives you some power over it. I Maybe. I don't know. I just think it would be really interesting to take what is typically one thing and switch it into something else and just just in all TV shows and, and movies, not just like male for female, female for male, but right. like – just flipping concepts on their heads, I think, could give us some different well, the content. Thing, the, thing about, the thing about Dexter that was so compelling was obviously, I mean, there were a lot of things, but obviously Michael C. Hall is an amazing actor. Right, yes. But, but his internal monologue was mm. great because if you could remove yourself from the fact that he was killing people, they right. gave they they did the thing, they made it okay. It's like, well, he's killing bad people. Right. So you go, okay, well, I guess that's all right. I mean, right. he's killing bad people. Right. You know, but to like a, a, somebody who's portraying a serial killer, to like them, to for him to have made that character likable and somehow vulnerable, that's huge. But it was the vulnerability huge. because that's huge, yeah. he basically, his internal monologue basically was just saying, I'm an outsider and I don't know how to fit in. And right. so people watching were like, well, I'm an outsider. Right. I'm not killing people. I'm just weird but, at parties. Right. But I don't. But I, don't <laughs> I live in a basement. I live in a basement. But I don't know how to fit in. Mm-hmm. And so that's what made that, like, it was so humanizing in that way. Right. Because he really was, he was doing these horrible things, but he was really just trying to be the best human that he could be. Right. With the limitations that he had. And right. The, and the, you know, like. Somehow he was justifying everything he did. And it, I just find, I find things like that really well done. You know, like I thought that show was great. That's, that's some of it. I couldn't watch. I'd be like, Oh, oh God, I'm gonna throw up. That's going to be but your next thing. That could be your next thing. I'm putting it out there. And then I'll be like, great. I really should have done some sort of like romantic comedy. No more stunts. <laughs> no more getting kicked around. And also like, I don't know. I want to laugh. Yeah. Like, so I don't want to just, you know, what, okay, well, what about people up. What about a romantic <laughs> comedy, but you're a serial killer? Yes. And it takes place at See? Christmas. Perfect. And you, all the free gingerbread I can handle. All the free gingerbread. And you accidentally bury a Christmas present and give your new boyfriend a foot yes. in a package. <laughs> and so there's a misunderstanding and then you got to go dig up his, you know, Other, whatever whatever you gave him, yes. whatever kind of sports fucking yeah. thing is in any yeah. of those movies. And right. uh, so that just, I just think about it. Listen, we can do this. We can do, I'm game. I'm game. I'm game. Totally game. But I'll need your foot. <laughs> oh, wait, what? <laughs> Why are you saying you have I mean, a knife in your bag to cut it off? <laughs> right. What is... Uh, what, as we're sort of wrapping this up, what yes. is your um, what's the thing you're most gra- in 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 your sobriety in this mm-hmm. in this new you know this reemergence this scarab phoenix life <laughs> that you're living? What's the thing that you were most surprised by and the most grateful for? The sense that everything is going to be okay. Yes, everything's okay. Like you know, things work out. You just have to be patient. Um, I think. You know, when things, when, when negative things would happen to me in the past, it would just flip me on my head and things, it would just be a whole thing. And obviously because of my schedule, I wouldn't have time to deal with a lot of things like maybe somebody with uh, less responsibility work-wise would be able to. Um, and, it, you know, things would build up. And now when things happen, I have to say, okay, this is part of life. It's going to be okay. It's just that knowing of, okay, take it one step at a time, one day at a time one hour at a time if I have to, but things will 
work out. And, and I'm really grateful for learning, um, I guess that I, I am connected to a higher power in a sense, uh, for me, uh, that that's Jesus. Um, I'm not obviously somebody who pushes the Bible and stuff like that. I think from what I understand those teachings, you know, I read Eckhart Tolle, I, I, lots of different teachers in my life right now through books and things. And, and I'm just really grateful that I have people in my life that are very supportive of my choice to become sober and, and stay sober. And then also people in my life that are sober, um, that, you know, it, it just helps me realize that I'm not alone in this and, and everybody out there, you know, if you're going through the same thing, you're not alone. And so that's something that's very comforting. So I guess a really large self-realization I'm very grateful for. And also learning how to go, hey, maybe I'm not a piece of shit. Maybe, right, maybe, right, maybe yeah. I'm okay. Yeah, and also I think I'm pretty grateful that I'm an alcoholic in a sense because it's brought me to where I am now and I have such a bigger understanding of perhaps my purpose here and also how life can be so wonderful also and not so difficult. And, and, you know, I think with alcoholism, you know, I think one of the things that I was doing was self-medicating. A lot of times I'd be injured physically or something like that. So at nighttime I would drink to help myself fall asleep because I had to be up the next day really early and go to work. And, and I'm lucky enough that I never got to the point where I would drink at work uh, Mm -hmm. because I would be very dangerous in my job. Um, but it was always by myself at night. And I thought, you know, this is so funny. This is, this is not okay. I'm wasting several hours of my life right now when I could be helping myself get better. And I, I just had that realization. I, I, my appendix ruptured. I had gotten sober, uh, about three or four days before that happened this year. Um, it ruptured. I was in the hospital. It was very, very serious. Um, I didn't know if I was going to live. Really? Yes. I mean, Um, I knew it was serious, but I didn't know it was that. that Yeah. It had, it had leaked out. Um, luckily I had the most amazing doctor. She was able to go in laparoscopically, but by some miracle, I thought they were going to have to completely cut my stomach open, but she went in in three places and got it out and was able to get everything that had leaked out out. And then I was just in the hospital for only five days. Um, it took me, you know, I'm basically in the last two months feeling like I'm back to normal again because mm-hmm. it happened in March. But I said, you know, I made a pact and I said, listen, not that you can bargain with God, but I did say if I wake up from this, I've got to stay sober and I've got to change how I'm doing things because life is so short. And I just had this really gigantic burning desire to keep living. And I woke up and I was like, all right, here we go. I mean, it's, you know, it sucks to have gone through that. But mm-hmm. again, if you hadn't... Right. If I hadn't, I honestly, like, I don't know if I'd be here right now. So it's okay to go through yes. shitty things. The yes. shitty things give you the armor. They make they you do. grow. If yes. you're, and if you're able to take the right lessons away right. from them, they can be the most valuable mm-hmm. things that you experience in life. Right. And I'm lucky that, you know, my first, you know couple weeks of sobriety were under a doctor's care because of my appendectomy. Um, so I was, I was very lucky. What a great sentence. I mean, yeah, I was like, how do I say this? Um, but it was, it was great. I was able to ask questions. I was able to, uh, with the support of, of my family and friends really stick with this. And, and it's, I'm back to being the better part of myself that I had lost over, you know, a couple of years and, and it's, and now it's, it's so much better. And, and, and it does get better and it does get easier. Um, you just have to work at it. That's that's the biggest thing in life. If you want something, you have got to work for it. Nothing comes for free and that there's a purpose for that. If it came for free, you wouldn't value it. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. You yeah. wouldn't appreciate it. You wouldn't understand. If Absolutely. You, you know, 
not that you should go out of your way to suffer, but when you do suffer, right. it makes you appreciate mm-hmm. the non-suffering yes, times. Yes, yes. How would we know what light is without darkness? That's exactly yeah. right. And you're also you you figure you're also uh, it's great that you figured it out really young and not like you know I'm 81. What did I do? <laughs> God damn it! Oops. <laughs> It says in your tattoo. Right, exactly. Oops. I think I'm going to have to get that tattoo. Just oops. The oops? Yeah. And but it needs to be like it. like on my cheek, on my face. <laughs> or like just somewhere where it's really like, oh, yeah, you did, that's a big oops. That's a huge oops, Jamie. Huge. I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe I'll get one that's like, can't they put mesh under your skin and then like it's like an electrified? <laughs> Apparently on my show, they can make you glow. They yes. can. Everything's possible with tattoos. Maybe, yeah. Maybe I could get like a... Maybe I can get one that's just like luminescent or something. There is something like that because we we obviously take it to the nth degree on my show. But there is something that you can get. I, it's either that you're you're tatted with some sort of. It's not just phosphorus ink. I think it's actually a chip of some sort, and it glows. You can make it glow. I'm not sure it's a great idea, folks, because who knows? You might grow a third arm. Maybe, or maybe I just want to look like a teenage raver. <laughs> or maybe there's that, and you know? yeah, you'll be the first to live on Mars. I don't know. God. Like, yeah, I and then that's where we're going to... I was talking to Jim Gaffney and I were talking about how Mars is going to be the site of the next Burning Man. <laughs> people fucking... That, they're going to terraform Mars yeah. to, for fucking Burning yeah. Man. Mars is going to be like, man, guys, this is not what I signed up <laughs> for. Haven't I been through enough? Yeah. Why are you doing this? You want a sandstorm? All right. <laughs> Get off my planet. Yeah. red sandstorm. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I'm so happy you're here. Not Thanks. just here, but here. Yes, thank the you. The world is a better place with you in it, and I'm thank so you. it's so happy, and it's so great to see you happy and smiling. And I'm, I, thank you. Know, you. I will, I'm, I'm, I'm your friend for life. Anything yeah. you ever need, I'm, I'm there. So you're the best. Thank I appreciate, you. I appreciate you, and uh, that's it. Enjoy your life. Enjoy your burrito. <laughs> that was awesome. Oh, thanks for having me. ID 10T scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito. Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs, and idealists behind them. Every week, I speak to someone new, stories like Justin Wolverton's, a lawyer who just wanted a healthy alternative to ice cream, so he created Halo Top in his Cuisinart. Or Todd Graves, who grew his fried chicken restaurant Raising Cane's into one of the most successful fast food chains in the U.S. All of these great conversations can help you learn how to think big, take risks, and navigate crises in life and work from people who've done all of that and more. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free Right now on Wondery Plus.